Well, welcome once again to Chase Oaks Online, whether you're watching in this area, in the Dallas area, or wherever you are in the country, around the world, or maybe you're part of our studio audience right now. Uh, really, really glad that you're here. And we are going to start this new series, Joyful Again. But before we do that, I have uh, an announcement to make that is a really significant one. If you have been around Chase Oaks for a while, you may know that uh, we're in this here for good season where we believe God has put a really, big, a really big vision in front of us to do a much better job of impacting our community in a way that will, uh, if we're able to do it, um, be able to impact tens of thousands of people's lives in, in a really, really positive way. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go online. Uh, there's a Here for Good section on our website. A few weeks ago, we did a service around it, so you can see a presentation about Here for Good. It's really cool what God has put in front of us to do. But that always means any vision has to be resourced, which gives us an opportunity to be part of that financially and to take faith steps and sacrificial steps. And so many of us who are Chase Oakers have been praying about, hey, God, what do you want me to do? What is my part of that? And it, it means raising eight million dollars, which is over this year, uh, above and beyond our regular giving to our budget, which is a big deal in the middle of a pandemic. And we and we realize that and we know that. And so we've been praying about it and now I want to share with you the result of kind of where we are at, because it really determines whether we can do it or not. And again, the goal is to raise eight million dollars just to kind of give you a pre a little preview. We didn't raise eight million dollars. Um, we raised eight million one hundred and fifteen thousand five hundred and sixty four dollars. So that's really incredible. And uh, and what that means, again, is there's there's a lot of lives in our community and a different and, and around our area as well. Uh, even outside our, our area, we're going to start a campus in San Antonio, for example, um, the local good center. All the stuff that's going to happen is going to be able to happen because of you and your generosity. And so let's thank God for that. Um, also, uh, on our regular budget, please be praying as we go into the year end. That's always a significant time. We're about 13% behind uh, where we should be in our regular budget, not our here for good budget, but our regular budget, which is actually not that abnormal as we go into the end of the year. It's just the way giving works in church because a lot of people give in December at year end. And uh, so be thinking, praying about that too, that we'll be able to end the year just as strong as here for good is kicking off. But that's a happy announcement. That's amazing. And I have to say, when when we first you know felt like God put this in front of us, I was like, oh man, I don't know if I have enough faith for that. And God always outstrips whatever uh, we put in front of him. So uh, that's super great. And since it is happy, uh, that's a good segue into the series, Joyful Again. Uh, because the year 2020 has a way, or certainly has had a way, I think, for most of us, of seeing some of the joy that we have in life uh, kind of slipping away. Uh, maybe a great word for that is slippage. It's kind of a fun word. And that's slippage. And maybe you can experience, maybe you can say, yeah, I, I can relate to that. I've had a little slippage of joy because 2020 has been a long year, been a difficult year. Um, you know, I, every year Oxford Dictionary does a word of the year. And, and here's what they have been for the last few years. 2016, the word of the year was post-truth. 2017, youthquake, whatever that is. 2018, toxic. 2019, uh, last year, the word was climate emergency. Really, two words. They cheated. But you look at that and you think, well, that's encouraging, 
right? I mean, whatever a youthquake is, but post-truth, toxic, climate emergency. What's 2020? They don't know yet. They haven't said yet what the word of the year is. Um, I don't know if it's going to be pandemic, quarantine, uh, coronavirus, or COVID. I have no idea what the word's going to be, but I bet it's not going to be joy, right? And because it's just not been that kind of year. It's been a difficult year. And 2,000 years ago, what we're about to celebrate in this Christmas season is that Jesus broke into this world. God, we believe, those of us who are Jesus followers believe that Jesus is God who came here as a baby and grew up and all that to connect to us. Um, That he broke into this world at a time like this, in this pandemic year, a very... Uh, A time where hope and and excitement and joy was at a minimum. And he came with good news of great joy. If you've heard the Christmas story, right? Good tidings of great joy. Uh, He said when he was here that he came to bring life so that we could live it to the full. He told us that we he came so that we could live a joyful, blessed, happy life. Uh, Elsewhere in the New Testament, we're told to be joyful always. Not only that we can do that, it's actually a command to be joyful always, meaning he came to bring a kind of joy that's not dependent on circumstances. It's not the kind of joy that we have bad circumstances and then they change. We're like, ah, this is so great. It's joy that can happen no matter what is happening. Be joyful always. In fact, joy is also one of the part of the fruit of the spirit in Galatians when it talks about, uh, hey, what what should a. A person who is is rightly related to God, who's growing in their faith. What kind of things should you see in their life? And it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Well, the second one is joy, meaning that joy should be a normal experience, like like the baseline experience of somebody who is following Jesus and is growing spiritually. And therefore, if we find ourselves, no matter what our circumstances, if we find ourselves joyless or experiencing slippage of joy, then that's a little warning sign. It's like right now in the dashboard of my car. When I when I start my car and when I get going, there's a little thing that says maintenance required. Um, I can ignore that or I can check in. I can look into it. Right. But every time over the last three days, maintenance required, maintenance required, maintenance required. And I don't want to ignore it, right? I'll check into it, say, okay, what, what's going on? I need to pay attention to my car. Kind of same thing in our life. If we're experiencing joylessness, then that's a maintenance required kind of a thing. And that's really what this series is about, is to say, hey, what are the things that can rob us of joy? And let's address those things. So next week, we're talking about Christianity, a wrongly practiced. Religion can actually be a joy killer. And we're going to talk about that, how to avoid that. This week, we're talking about connection versus isolation. And certainly in a pandemic, it's easy, right, to be isolated, maybe more isolated than ever. And yet the reality is, is that you and I will never know joy in an isolated way, right? Only through connection and connection with God and connection with other people and and today we're going to look at a, a passage in the Bible where one of Jesus's 12 disciples, John, who was really close to Jesus, is it writes about this. And, and he experienced life with Jesus, who lived in, in the fullness of joy that he came to bring and all that. And he's going to he's going to help us out. He's going to help us to say, hey, what not only how is this important to be? Hey, where is my connection with God and 
and, and where's my connection with other people? But to actually help us out a little bit to say, how can we deepen those so that we can find more joy? And I really believe if you and I put into practice what we're going to talk about today, uh, that we will enter into this holidays and experience the holidays in a much more joyful way than if we don't. So let's dive into the passage. It's in a book in the Bible called First John. Guess what the next book in the Bible is called? Second John. You're geniuses, biblical geniuses. First John, Second John, Third John. He actually wrote five books in the Bible. Revelation, First John, Second John, Third John, and the book of John, uh, which is a story, all the stories about Jesus' life. Uh, John was a unique person because he was not only one of the 12 disciples, but he was also one of the ones that was closest to Jesus. Like he was one of his best friends. Peter, James and John were kind of the three that were that were kind of Jesus's posse, like his tight group of people. And John had the opportunity, therefore, to do what would be so cool for any of us to do. Right. To, he, he was able to hang out with Jesus that he came to understand that was God in human form. Right. So he got to hang out with his creator. He got to spend time with Jesus in, in a very direct way. And he's writing now as an old man. When he writes the book of first John, uh, John was the only one, as far as we know, of the 12 disciples of Jesus that died of old age. Uh, the other other than Judas, uh, if you know his story, the other ones all died of um, persecution, uh, martyrdom, except for John. John is the only one that we know that died of old age. He's writing now as an old man and he's writing to people in a church in Ephesus that was geographically distant from Israel where Jesus grew up. So these people would have, even if they were old too, they would have never seen Jesus. Uh, they would have never heard him teach, never, never experienced him directly. And also because it's old, this, he's writing to second generation, third generation Christians. People who, have, who, who are too young to have ever known Jesus. And so as an eyewitness, he's writing about this experience that he's sharing. And I'm going to read the passage. This is how he starts off the book. And it's a little bit hard to follow because he's kind of excited. And so you'll have to really focus on this one. Here's what he says. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. Meaning he's talking as an eyewitness, somebody who was with Jesus, who heard Jesus with his ears, who touched Jesus with his hands. He's writing as an eyewitness to those who are not. This we proclaim concerning the word of life, talking about Jesus. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Now that is a little bit hard to follow because in the original language of the New Testament Greek, it's a run on sentence. Do you remember ninth grade English? Maybe you were you had points taken off because your teacher said that's a run on sentence. You need a period, you know, too many ands or whatever. And this is a run. on. It's a really that whole thing is just one sentence. And I, I think the reason he does that is because he's so excited. Like, you know, when let's let's say you have a, a roommate and she goes on a date. Maybe it's a first date with this new guy that she's met. 
and she's just so excited. And she, and you say, well, how did it go? And she just can't stop talking about it. And it's just one big run on sentence. She's oh, he's amazing. He's so, his eyes are amazing. I just get lost in his eyes. And he's so, he's not only good looking, but he's so, he's so kind and he's really attentive and he, he really listens. He's an amazing listener and he's got, he's smart. And he's got a great job and he's an Alabama fan. And I mean, how can it get better? Right. And you're just so excited and just keeps talking and talking and talking or somebody, it's an experience that you just want to share and you, and you just keep talking about it because you, you want to, this is a shared experience that you want people to get. And you're like this movie or this restaurant or whatever it is that you're so excited about. But in, in his case, what he's excited about is what we've already mentioned. And that is that he's one of the people that had the opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus in a hands-on way. He's able to see him, touch him, hang out with him. Now, I know not all of you are Jesus followers, and so some of you are kicking the tires of Christianity or whatever. You're, you're you know, whatever, whatever you're here, you're here, which is awesome. But, uh, but for the, imagine for those of us who are Jesus followers, who believe that Jesus isn't just a, another dude, but he's God in, in human form, like he's God who came here to connect with us. Imagine the opportunity those disciples had to hang with him, to be with him that way. And that's what he's, that's what he's sharing. I mean, it's, it's great to hear about Jesus, but it's another thing to be able to relate to him in a tangible way. Uh, it's kind of like a few weeks ago. Uh, if you were here, I mentioned this. Uh, we, Christy and I are new grandparents, and we're overly excited about that. And Eden is our little granddaughter. And uh, Colin and Kinsey live in Golden, Colorado, which is a little too far away uh, from Dallas, Texas. Um, and, you know, you know, Golden, Colorado, if you like Coors beer, some of you are like, amen. I like, you know, amen, hallelujah. But, uh, you know, Coors beer is right there. But so is our granddaughter. And, uh, and, and we heard about Eden and we saw pictures of Eden and that was really great. But there's nothing like when we went a few weeks after she was born. Uh, there we are. Uh, to actually see her and to hold her. Um, here's another picture of her. I mean, I think the cutest baby ever. I mean, I don't, you know, maybe you don't think so, but I think so. Obviously, we're a little bit biased. But there's nothing like being able to see her, right, and, and hold her. And that's what John is talking about. John's saying, man, that's, that, that's what I want to share with you. As he's talking to people who are already, like, Jesus is already gone, right? He's already in heaven, right, as he's talking to him. So how's he going to share that experience? Saying, man, I, I, this is the experience I want to have that I want to share with you. So how, how do we do that? How can we relate to Jesus in the same way that John did? Well, John knew that what Jesus said right before he ascended to heaven. Um, he let the disciples know that he was leaving, which made them sad. But, it, but he, he, he also said this. He said, so I, I'm going away and I know that makes you sad, but it's actually better for you that I leave. And the disciples are like, what are you talking about better that you leave? And he said, because when I leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who will be with you. Now, who's the Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible teaches that God is Trinity. He's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three and one. It's a little confusing, but, you know, that's God. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So Jesus, the Son of God, the Father, you know, God, and then the Holy Spirit, who's God. So when Jesus was on the planet, here's why it's better when Jesus was on the planet, he had a body, right? So he was one place at one time. If you wanted to go hang with God, if you want to go connect with Jesus, you'd say, well, where is he? Is he in my town? Can I even do it? Do I even have access, right? Only a few people could hang out with him because he's at one place at one time. 
He's saying it's better that I leave because he says when I leave, I will send the Holy Spirit who will indwell. The Bible teaches that he comes into our life. He indwells those who believe those who are Jesus followers. We're indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Here's why that's better. It means you and I can relate to God anytime we want. Everywhere, anywhere, anytime, doesn't matter. You and I have full access to God. It's like we can just run into the throne room of heaven with God of God and Lord of Lords. And we have a relationship because of Jesus that he is our father. He is like our dad. And we can run right up in his arms and we can connect with him. And there's always an open, he's always opened us, which is, which is actually amazing and is actually better. And how that connects with joy is that the Bible says that in the in the presence of God is fullness of joy. So one way I know that my connection with God could be better is if the maintenance required light is going on. If I find myself joyless or finding myself experiencing slippage of joy, that tells me if in the presence of God there's fullness of joy And I have the opportunity that John is saying, man, this is an opportunity that I want to share with you. You have this opportunity that's even more than when he was a disciple right there with Jesus. It's to spend time with God. That's a sign to me that maybe my connection with God is not what it could be. That my spiritual connection is faulty, that I need to spend time with God. And and I experienced that Um, about uh, once a quarter. um, I spend a, a day with God. Um, now, you know, I pray and and do things other times than that too, but there's just something about a whole day in the Bible, whole day in prayer, whole day spending time with God. That is a, a life giving thing. Uh, we encourage our staff here at Chase Oaks to do that on a regular basis. We call it a dog day, D A W G day alone with God, D A W G. And, and, and obviously you're a church, so we can encourage that. And uh, in every quarter, um, I take a dog day, spend a day with God. And every time I do that, I always drive away from where I we, I do it the same place every time. I always drive back um, up to Plano thinking, why don't I do this every week? I mean, it's hard to do that right in schedule. But why don't I at least do this every month? Because it's so life giving. It's so perspective giving to get away from just the stuff of life and to spend time an extended period, not just a little bit in the day, 20 minutes here, 30 minutes here. But to spend a day with God is an, is an amazing thing. And when you think about it, an amazing opportunity. And I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to do that over the holidays. Now, I know I've got a, a unique thing because like my bosses, which is our board of directors or the Bible calls them elders. Like if I say, hey, I I took a whole day off to spend with God, um, they're my bosses. They'd be like, oh, that's awesome. Man, you should do that more. My guess is your boss wouldn't say the same thing. If you're like, you know what? I decided to take a day alone with God. You're like, what are you talking about? And I don't pay you to spend time with whatever you're talking about. I know that. But I also know that over these next weeks, it's going to be a unique time. I think there'll be over the holidays, uh, some uh, maybe some more margin, some more opportunity to be able to do something like this. And you say, well, how would I spend a day alone with God? Because even if I try to pray for like 10 minutes after about three minutes, I blank out or you don't want to say anymore. You know, and it's like, I, I, you know, and I'm ADD. And so I, I'm that way too. And so after about five minutes, I run out of material or I'm thinking about golf or whatever. And, uh, and so it, there, it helps to have some structure. So if you want to do this and, and if you say, well, I can't do a day, we'll do half day, do two hours, do 20 minutes. Doesn't matter. But 
um, text dog, D-A-W-G, to 58578, and that'll get you to a link, which will just be a guide to provide some structure for a day like that. And, and I can pretty much promise you, if you do that, that you'll walk away from that experience like I do every quarter, just thinking, wow, that was cool. Why don't I do that more? Because in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And the opportunity you and I have to just have a relationship with God, that's what Christianity is, by the way. It's not a religion. It's not a group of, it's not just a series of religious services or religious activities that we do. I mean, that's, that's worthless. What Christianity is, is a relationship with God, with a living being that you and I can spend time in his presence. And, and there's nothing more joyful, more joy filling than that. So let me encourage you to take a dog day or a dog 10 minutes or a dog 20 minutes, whatever it is. And you can text dog to 58578. And I think that'll be really cool. But that said, our relationship with God, and this is what John is talking about, is not just an individual one. It's not just about me and God. It's about we and God. Meaning the way that the Bible is a very communal book, that spirituality is not a singular, just me and God. And it's just about me. That, singular, that, that Christianity is a we experience, not a me experience. That the only way you and I can grow closer to God is to also, at the same time, be growing closer to other people who are on that same journey. And that's why John talks so much about this concept of fellowship. He says, we already read it, but he said, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship was with, was with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. That word translated, the Greek word translated fellowship, is a word you may hear around church sometimes, koinonia. Uh, it means, another way to translate that is partnership. And what John is saying is that Christianity is a team sport. That the only way you and I can have a, a deep relationship with God is in partnership with other people where we are growing together and encouraging each other and speaking into each other's lives. That, that we, can't, we can't get to a great relationship with God if we're not also getting to a closer relationship with other people who are on the journey. That's why at the end he says we write this to make our joy complete. Now, if you follow what John is saying, it's kind of a weird statement. Because you think he'd say, hey, we write this to make your joy complete. Because what he's saying is, hey, look, we have this incredible relationship to have a relationship with Jesus. You have that relationship, too. And I want to share that with you so that your joy can be complete because you got this really cool relationship with God. But that's not what he says. He says, I'm writing this not to make your joy complete, but to make my joy complete, to make our joy complete. Well, how's his joy complete? Because you have a relationship with God. Because this is a shared experience. He's saying the only way my joy can be complete is not just if I have a relationship with God by myself, but if you share it with me. If you're on the journey with me. And when you're on the journey with me, then my joy can be complete. I'm on the journey with you. We, your joy can be complete. The only way our joy can be full is if we're also connected with other people on the spiritual journey. And so therefore, whenever I find myself uh, joyless or having joy slippage, maintenance required light goes off. It's like, well, one thing to look at is how's my connection with God, but also how's my connection with people on that same spiritual journey. I'm not just talking about spending time with people hanging out or whatever, but I'm just saying, you know, people who are on the journey with us, who are encouraging us and helping us in our relationship with God. How's my connection there? Uh, a few months ago, 
uh, we had uh, maybe two months ago, um, our elders, which is a biblical term for like a board of directors with a bunch of spiritual stuff on top of that, too. Um, our church is kind of led by, you know, at the top is this board of directors, right, who called Bible calls elders. And we were having an elder retreat, meaning we took a day away and it was a little bit awkward, right? Everybody's got masks, socially distant, all that. But still, it's great to be together, not just on Zoom meetings because all our meetings are on Zoom meetings. So it was a really cool time from that perspective. Um, but we were praying for you. And really, the whole focus of it was saying, man, what do we, as we shepherd our church and as we shepherd people in a really difficult time, what's going on in people's lives? What are we hearing? What are we finding? Like, and how can we pray? How can we do better at helping people in, in a pandemic? And one of the observations that came out of that was that people who are who, who before the pandemic were had pretty tight connections with other people in our church, like were in a group that was viable and they were they had great connections, great relationships. It's it's a struggle for them, too, but they're doing pretty well, even this many months into a pandemic. But people who are not closely connected to other believers who are not connected to other people on the journey before the pandemic. They're not doing well because they've gone from isolated to really isolated. And so we've submitted, how can we help? What can we do? Right. And let me encourage you wherever you're at. I mean, some of you are in a group and let me encourage you to strengthen your connections with your group. But if you're not connected with other people, let me give you another challenge. And that is to use these next few weeks to say, you know what? I'm going to fix that. Maintenance required. I'm going to. I'm going to step toward connect deep connection with other people who are on a spiritual journey, whether you're a Jesus follower right now or not. You just say, I just I want to be on a journey. I want other people in my life. I want to do this. Let me encourage you to take a step and let me give you a couple of options. So one of you just heard about them in the announcements right before me. So one of those is in the gamble series, which happens at the beginning of the year. Now, the gamble is about the bad bets that we base our lives on just in America. Uh, we don't realize how much of our thinking is cultural and it may not even be correct. It's just the way we grew up. And we just think, well, yeah, of course, life's like that. Whereas Jesus comes and says, no, nah, I don't think so. Let me point you a better direction that actually works, that actually leads to a real life and, and so on. And so that's what we're going to be looking at. Um, and we're going to have some fun with it. We taped a bunch of it in Vegas, uh, at least a small group uh, part of it. And um, and so we'll be starting a whole bunch of groups. And let me and you're going to see all that happen and just resolve right now. You know what? I'm going to do that. If you're not in a group, I'm going to get in one of those groups. Another thing is the way we're doing Christmas services this year. I don't want you to experience Christmas in an isolated way. And you don't have to. And there's some opportunities. Mary and Bright is happening at most of our campuses uh, on you know, Sunday from 4.30 to 6.30. You can get online and you just heard about that, but they'll give you more details about that. Um, also, our Christmas services at Chase Oaks. So this can be a little bit confusing, so I want to kind of clarify it because we have two opportunities here. So our Christmas services are, are like our, the big blowout kind of service that we do every year. That is online. So that's going to be an online experience. It's, it's called, uh, well, Christmas at Chase Oaks, really creative. And, um, and it's, it's an online experience that actually, uh, in terms of creativity, it's kind of over the top. So they, our, our teams, me too, but been working really, really hard on this. going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome experience. And it's going to preview. Uh, the first one is going to be Sunday, December 20th. 
And after that, it'll be on demand. Um, let me encourage you. There'll be some opportunities to, if you watch during the premiere, uh, there'll be kind of some contests and stuff leading up to that. And, uh, and I hope you'll watch it at the premiere. I think that'll be the most fun way. But if not, that's okay. You can watch it on demand after that. But don't do it alone. This is a, one of those things that's meant to be shared. So share it with friends. You can share it online, share the link online, or just call people or say, hey, let's watch. Even if you're not, you can do a watch party if you feel comfortable doing that. Um, or a virtual watch party. If you're not comfortable doing a, a watch party with the pandemic and stuff, then do a virtual one. Just say, hey, let's watch it together and then talk about it. And, um, or just have a plan. Say, as a family, we're going to do this. Because, again, it's designed to be shared. Another example or another opportunity is candles and carols. That's what's happening physically at all of our campuses is a, a much more pared down experience where there'll be candle lighting and carols and a, a little bit of, you know, just a, just a little bit of a, like a devotional kind of a thing. And that'll be really cool, too, for people who are saying, yeah, I, who are comfortable meeting physically at all of our campuses. That's happening. I just don't want you to go through Christmas alone and you don't have to. And you can actually use it as a way to get deeper connected with other people. Because ultimately life is meant to be shared. And in the presence of God, there is joy. And the only way you can experience that joyful presence is not in isolation, but in deepening connection with other people. So let me encourage you, if you find yourself with some joy slippage, and I think most of us would say, yeah, there's some of that. Then one of the things to look at is what we're talking about, connection with God and connection with other people on a spiritual journey. And so let me encourage you to deepen your connection with God. Take a dog day or a dog 20 minutes, D-A-W-G. And then think about, man, how can I move toward other people? Whether it's getting in a group or whatever it is, just say, how can I move toward other people? Let me also encourage you to do this. Just to reach out to somebody to make sure they're okay right now. Because it is so isolating, this pandemic. And some people are way more isolated than you know. And, and just pray about it this week and say, God, is there somebody that you want to put on my mind and heart? I just need to reach out to. Um, and just call them and say, I just want to connect with you. I just want to make sure you're okay. I want to know how to pray for you. I want to know what's going on in your life. And let's just talk. Um, I think you'll be surprised. How encouraging that is to a whole lot of people, certainly anybody that God puts on your mind. So we're going to pray as we think about joys, we think about connection. Uh, prayer is just talking to God in our own words. There's no, like, you don't have to be a pro or something like that or have some kind of collar to pray. It's just talking to God, and, and he wants us just to be real and to talk to him that way. And, uh, and so let's, we're talking about spending time with God. Let's do that right now. Just sometimes it helps to focus, to bow our heads. Uh, and you can do that if you want. And let's pray together. Um, Father, I thank you that you came, Jesus came, sent your son into this world to bring fullness of life, to bring joy. And you know what we're going through. And, uh, and Father, I thank you that you provide the kind of joy that is unspeakable, that is hard to understand because we can find joy in any circumstance. And you know the circumstances we're in. And so, God, would you help us to live in that fullness of joy? And as we think about the opportunity to have a relationship with you, it doesn't really get more amazing than that. And God, right now, there, I know there's some people listening that 
maybe like when I even when I talk about that, I'm like, what does that even mean, relationship with God? And I, I just pray right now you'd pull them toward yourself and just give them a desire to say, man, I just want to know what that's about. Or other people may be at a point to say, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to say yes to that. Like, and that's why Jesus came, to make it possible for us to connect with God as he took away the guilt of our sin, as he died on the cross, to make it possible for us to have a relationship with him if we just receive that forgiveness as a gift and to, and to begin a relationship with God. And some people are ready for that. And I pray right now, you just help them say, okay, I'm in on that. I want to begin a relationship with you. And for those of us who have that, it's an opportunity to say, God, where, where am I really with you? And, and, and I encourage you to talk to God yourself just in your own words and say, God, would you, would you pull me closer over, this, over these next weeks, over this Christmas season? Whether that's spending a dog day or spending time with you or connecting with other people or joining a group or finding it, just making a priority of the group I'm already in or reaching out to somebody and just having a real conversation. Just say, God, whatever you put on my mind, I, I want to do that. I want to take a step. Father, I thank you that you want us to live in fullness of joy. I pray you'd help us do that. In Jesus' name, amen.